Welcome back to At Source, a community conversation that gets to the origin of matters that affect us the most. I'm your host, Kieran Cook, and together we'll be diving into health and wellbeing, gaining useful insights direct from the source. Davina Rankin is a public figure and influencer who was brought into the spotlight after her appearances on reality TV shows Married at First Sight and I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. She has since become a published children's author with a focus on mindfulness and affirmations and is passionate about holistic wellness. She facilitates and hosts candid conversations on her podcast, Who? Me? and is a celebrity speaker at events. Welcome, Davina. This season of At Source, we have a special focus on authenticity, which you're in a unique position to discuss as an influencer. You've been on reality television programs and are an influencer on Instagram, a platform that we've come to understand as a perpetuating force in the pressure to be picture perfect, yet you're often in the public eye, sharing your struggles with others. Jumping right in, I'd like to understand if you are always striving to be authentic from the beginning or if this has been an evolving journey for you. Well, it is great, Davina, to have you on the At Source podcast. Thanks so much for beaming in from Brisbane. Um, it's just going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to this chat. I think it's going to be quite colourful. And uh, I've, <laughs> I can see you've got your own podcast running too. And that looks quite saucy, actually. I was sort of um, tuning into a few Instagram clips and thought, your podcast is a lot more saucier than mine. Um, I might need to change mine up a little bit. Uh, so look, <laughs> jump, <laughs> jumping straight in, I'd like to, um, let, let's just start start with Married at First Sight and probably everybody asks you about that first. So Married at First Sight um, and I'm a Celebrity, uh, you know, this season's all about authenticity um, and, and you know that. So we're going to touch on that a little bit today. Um, is reality TV the opposite of authenticity by design? I'm just curious about the paradox there. <laughs> Look, it's um I don't think anyone really knows what they're getting themselves into when they go onto any type of um like TV. Uh even it's it's interesting that they call it reality TV because it is very far from reality, especially like the first show I went on um Married at First Sight, it's it's yeah, it's very different to reality. Um and yeah, it's kind of like the reality world has its own set of rules and then there's like the outside world. Um, but then the people in the outside world obviously watch the show and it's 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 a weird com thing to comprehend. Um, especially when you're not in the show and you haven't seen um the workings behind the scene and stuff like that. But yes, absolutely. Reality TV and reality in itself are yeah. two very different things. Entertaining, but very different things. That's right. And of and of course I've had a little bit we had an interesting session here um you know on at Source Podcasts we we talked a little bit about Married at First Sight here in New Zealand. And we talked about reality TV and how the contestants actually really have to prime themselves up because they know what they're in for. And the psychologist uh, who was sort of on the show there was talking about how she was sort of at the ready <laughs> and there to sort of help the contestants because it is quite a roller coaster. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So did you enjoy your time on that show? 
Um, I mean, my time on my time on Married at First Sight was quite brief. Like I, I think I was only there maybe for two weeks all up. It mm. seemed a lot longer when you watch it. Um, so it's quite brief being on there. Um, and my experience being on the show compared to how it looked when it finally hit the screens was quite oh. different. Um, and how I perceived things and then the way it looked on television are two very different uh, things so um yeah it I mean it was definitely an experience but I wouldn't be rushing back to go do that again but um but my time on I'm a celebrity get me out of here um obviously because of how my time on maths was and how it was after and whatnot I was quite a little bit nervous to go in and do that because I was like, oh my God, what if I say the wrong thing? Like I was like hyper aware of coming off the wrong way and not being understood. Um, so I was really nervous about that, but it was just so good because what you saw is what you get mm. with I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. There's like zero editing. It's, you know, if you're having a conversation with someone, the conversation just plays out. There's no chopping and changing and you know secret looks or anything like that to make it more dramatic it's just very you know you see it you, what you see is what you get and there's no makeup there's no bullshit there's no late night dinner parties with bottles of wine and all of that kind of stuff yeah, so um yeah it, it was that experience was probably one of the best experiences of my life and mm. the people I met there on I'm a celebrity and the challenges that we did um it was just awesome. It was really, really cool. What kind of motivated you to, to do, you know, Married at First Sight and I'm a Celebrity? Like what's what's the driver to want to get on TV and do that stuff? Well, I had been in the industry um, for many years. So I had done like Big Brother. I'd done shows like First Dates. Um, I already had like quite a big social media thing. So I, I wasn't really shy. I was single. Mm. I wasn't really shy of putting myself out there. I was like, oh, yeah. you know, fuck it. Oh, sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit goes on here. Don't worry about sorry. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. It's kind of like, why not? You yeah. Know? I was like yeah. 20, 26. Why yeah. wouldn't I go? I got, I actually got asked to do Married at First Sight. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you'll do not? it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but then going on to I'm a Celebrity, um, there was a bit more involved there. Like I wasn't sure if I wanted to put myself back out in the spotlight, spotlight mm. again. But mm. the factors of it being, you know, you're winning, you could potentially win money for your charity. Mm. Um, and it's more kind of, it's a more empowering kind of show where you're, you're out there doing this for like not only your charity but for yourself and you're kind of proving to yourself that, you know, I can do hard things. And I was actually a new mum coming out of COVID lockdowns and I suffered massively with like postnatal depression and things like that. So when the opportunity of I'm a Celebrity popped up, I was kind of like, well, this is terrifying. I'm super scared of judgment. <laughs> yeah. I'm super scared to even leave my house. I'm scared of like the fact that I don't even feel like myself anymore. Yeah. Like there were all these things going through my head, but that was kind of the driver behind me saying yes. Mm. Cause I was like, you know what, this could be really good for me, like mm. mentally mm. to put myself back out there doing something that one terrifies me, not just with the trials and stuff, but also putting myself back out there in such a public way when mm. I felt really um, 
kind of burnt the first time. Mm. Um, not really a redemption piece because I didn't feel like I owed it to other people. I kind of just wanted to, I felt like I owed it to myself to do something for myself. Yeah. I mean, that's that's quite brave and you obviously didn't mind sort of putting yourself, you know, giving yourself the number eight wire, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, and, and even just, you know, showing up with no makeup on, knowing it was going to be like a a show that's going to be shown around Australia. The that's whole right. The whole nation is going to see me. Um, I, that was always something, like even when I was younger, I would put makeup on to go to the gym. Mm. Um, so it was just, for me, it was me showing up in a totally different way but me showing up as me mm. the first time. Like even with masks, I think there was, I was always trying to, I don't know, that you're always trying to be someone, you well, know, yeah, you're always right. trying to show up in yeah. a different way and be more palatable to people, yeah. talk in different ways, walk in different yep. ways. Yeah. Um, and even then, and it, there's nothing worse than you trying so hard, but then still not being liked. Mm. So it's kind of like the more vulnerable I can be, the more open I can be, the more me I can be. If you don't like it, then cool, bye. Mm. But um, I actually found me kind of stripping back all of the layers and all of the other stuff that I thought I needed which actually made me more um, more likeable mm. in a way or more relatable probably is a better mm. word. And, of course, what's interesting is you will get to it, but who, me, your podcast, has really sort of come back round to that, right? So what you're doing now yes. in the podcast is stripping back some of those layers and unlocking your personal power. So it's kind yes. of like that seems to be a little bit of a running theme. Mm-hmm. It's It's been a massive theme, um, especially in the last year of my life. Like I didn't even realize that like, oh my God, I can make my own decisions. Like I can have my own thoughts and views on the world. And mm. I, I, maybe I don't like this stuff or maybe I don't like those things. Maybe I can make my own mind up about which direction I want to go. I always just thought like, I think you get brought up thinking and walking and talking a certain way because you feel like you have to, um, until probably you have like a breakdown, mental breakdown, marriage breakdown, all those kinds of things. And you're stuck with, you know, actually, who am I? Mm. I don't even know. I've been like just trying to be something else my whole life, but there's nothing more liberating than actually just finally figuring out who you are. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I suppose that's one of the, the good things about getting older. <laughs> mm. Right. Totally. Actually, totally. Like, I would not go back to 25-year-old Davina if mm. if I could. Um, so I somebody gave you a million this. bucks and said, do you want to be 25 again? What would you say? <laughs> would you be I tempted? mean, if it's a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rate rises and all that stuff. I know. Cost of living. Don't tempt me with a million dollars, but it would be hard to pass up. Like the knowledge that I have now and the self-confidence that I have within myself now compared to like the, the girl that was, you know? Yeah, that's right. So that's right. So when you when you see a line, don't Botox it out. You go, that is wisdom. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> that's wisdom. That's a baby that's crying. Right. That's right. That's that, yeah. that crow's feet, that, that, <laughs> that, those lines between my brows, that is wisdom. You need, to do, you need to do a podcast on that. So, you know, you have been sort of sharing some deeply personal experiences um, in the past and you've lifted the veil on the idea of you as a happy-go-lucky woman in great shape with an enviable wardrobe who's lived 
in the land of sunshine. So people obviously responding to your sort of more honest stripping back self and more recently this, you know, very relatable content. Do you think that in general our Instagram appetites have changed over, you know, the platform's history? Like it is getting sort of more raw and authentic, right? I think so, but also I think not. Um because I, I guess it depends on which end of the scale you are at personally and what things you choose to follow. I think there right. are so many more people on these platforms who are sharing more. Mm. So whether you are or you want to tune into, yeah, yes. So I think there's more that like if your appetite is more, you know, health, wellness, holistic well-being, like all that kind of stuff, there is so much out there for you. Mm. But also if you're like on the Gold Coast and you want to get BBLs and plastic surgery and all that, there's so much of that as well. Right. I think there's just more of it all, which is great because there's lots lots of different, but I, I don't know, like I like to think more people are like, doing the work and we're becoming a little bit more conscious and self-aware and stuff but maybe it's just because we have access to more of those people too Mm, sort of like netflix i'm sort of scrolling through netflix and going god there's a lot of crap on here it's sort of it's kind of like the algorithm yeah Yeah. and it's like if you're into like true crime or something if you go into netflix it's going to be like murders horror true crime all the stuff or what like if you're into reality it'll be like selling sunset yeah housewives all that stuff. It just depends on what you're into. Yeah. But, you know, the platforms can be quite damaging depending on where you are and mm. on the spectrum. Mm. But there is a lot of information out there. There is. Anyone who is, you know, which I love. I literally, like, I go through and I do, like, an inventory <laughs> of who I'm following. So whenever I open up my Instagram, the first things, the first few things I get are, like, you know, brain facts or yeah. science facts or, you know, beautiful just chicks that live out on farms and mm. feed their chickens and stuff, yeah. like things that yeah. I really love seeing. Whereas when I was younger, it was, like, hot bodies, chicks in Europe, black like in bikinis and, like, multi-million dollar homes have no idea how they got there, but they're hot and they've got <laughs> Louis Vuitton bags, you know. it's yeah. just, And then you all of a sudden just feel like, I'm, I'm behind. I'm not doing enough. Um, it's really fud. hard to fear of uncertainty and doubt. Like I'm missing out. Yes. FOMO, yes. fud. Yeah, totally. I've never heard of fud, but I'm yeah, it's a fear, that, uncertainty, sure. and doubt. <laughs> okay, it's a very yeah. powerful thing. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you're obviously like speaking out a lot on you know trends and things that drive us and challenging. I guess some of the more, maybe now you're thinking back, you know, some of those more superficial things. Do you think you're getting any kind of hate or criticism online for being a bit more open about that stuff? I'm actually getting less heat now than I ever have in my whole time Mm. being online. Um, And I think it's just because, yeah, I, I, I don't know. One, I'm sure the demographic of people who are following me now are completely different to the people who were following me before. Yeah. Um, so that probably helps. But I think it's kind of hard to argue with, like, honest, too, mm. and someone's own personal opinion. Um, I'm also not going to, go like, go share. I'm not too hectic when it comes to, like, political views or yeah. this, that, and the other. Like, that's not the place for it for me. Like, I'm not going to go out there trying to shove things down your throat. Like, um, it's just my experience and all I can do is share um, from my point of view and my experience and who I am and how I operate. Um, 
So I think like I I honestly don't get <laughs> it's so nice to say, but I really don't yeah. get any heat anymore because there's not much to like argue about. I yeah, guess. yeah, you're not like putting enough beef out there. Yeah, and I don't want to like. Mm. I don't, you know, my opinions are my opinions. Um, and there are things that I feel like strongly about, but like, I just don't feel the need to like have to go on Instagram and rant about it, mm. you know? And also like, I don't want to just come on Instagram and share only like rainbows and butterflies and stuff. Like I definitely have bad days and I make sure that I talk about my bad days and I talk about, you know, I'm vulnerable about my own experiences, but like, yeah, I'm not going to. I, yeah, I guess it's it's hard to argue with that because, like, what's someone going to say? You don't really feel that way. Like, it's yeah. just a silly argument. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right. I suppose if you're, you know, putting your own personal subjective experiences out there, your people, unless they're horrible people, aren't really going to kind of push back, right? Yeah. yeah but, but where, do you, where do you get the energy for it? But where do you get the energy for it? Like, if I have a bad day, I don't turn to Instagram. You know, like um, that's the well, thing. It helps that it's my job, though. Yeah, true. <laughs> so I, I have I have a responsibility to show up because it is my job. Like I yeah. have my my main source of income. It comes from driving people from my Instagram to like my books mm. or my podcast or whatnot. Um, so over the years, and it's been the way, it's been the way like Instagram and social media has been a massive driver for me for all of my businesses that I've had over the years. So it's kind of like second nature for me to show up. Um, but like, don't get me wrong. I have days where I don't go on Instagram for like three days and have like a social media detox. Okay. Um, which I love. Yeah. And if there's not much that I need to share, like I just won't. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't feel yeah, I don't yeah. feel pressured to like show up. And if I don't show up, um, I can just say, hey guys, like I've had a pretty shit three days or so, but mm. I'm feeling good today. This is how I got myself out of it. I journaled mm. this, that, and the other because, you know, people actually will write back and be like, oh my God, something must be going on in the universe or whatever. Because I've had a really shit three days too. Like, thank you for sharing this. I feel that. I mm. understand. Like, I feel like the energy is pretty thick at the moment as well. So, um, I don't know. I don't really look at it. Um, like sharing actually gives me energy. It kind of makes me feel lit up. So mm-hmm. when I can share and I can like, I have that community, it doesn't really feel like work to me. Mm. Um, and if it did, I wouldn't be doing it. So like if I did find myself being like, oh God, I'm going to have to be yeah. on here again today, or I'm going to have to talk or something, then like, obviously that's just not for me. Yeah. The joy know? is gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, like, I thrive. I love having like some kind of connection with mm. community. And mm. I found social media is just a really beautiful way to be able to have that and not feel so alone. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I can hear that you genuinely have, do have that, that connection. Are most of your followers in Australia or is it a global following? Yeah, so it's um yeah, it's all over the place, but a majority of them are from Australia, mm. and like ninety percent of my followers are women, uh-huh. um, which is awesome. Back yeah. in the day, when I was doing like men's magazines and stuff, when I was like eighteen, it would be like eighty percent men, and then the rest women. So it's funny to see how that's changed over the years. Um, but yeah, so I think it's like Australia, Australia is the big one. And then there's New Zealand. Yes. It's like, yeah, there's like random places like Mexico yeah. and, um, yeah. So it's, it's worldwide, mm. which is awesome. I really saw that when I was like, pers- like 
shipping the books, my um, yes. kids' books yes. myself. I would see all these random places pop up and be like, wow, that's really cool that yeah. someone from over that neck of the woods that, that you know, knows about me. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that that's really cool when you start to sort of see all these like little slices of countries popping up in your analytics, and you go, "That's yes, great, isn't it?" That you have that sort of yeah. reach. Yeah, and we'll get to your children's book, your children's book soon. So, and I just wanted to just sort of touch on a new a new sort of subject, and if you don't mind discussing it, I'd love to just understand a bit more about how the platform and the, and the pressures that come with it impact your sort of inner circle. You know, has it ever caused mm-hmm. any issues in establishing sort of new friendships or relationships? Or no. not really? See, all of my friends, I've been really lucky with my friends. I've had them all for like 15 years. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so my my inner circle has been my inner circle for a really long time yeah. and they know me. Like yeah. everyone knows me. It can be hard um, like in relationships for sure. Mm. I think you, especially before I felt that I really needed to portray like life was perfect. This is before I kind of had my breakthrough of being me that I thought you know white picket fans you need to like glamorize what life really looks like and I think that definitely can be hard on a relationship especially when my partner and I or my ex-partner yeah and I um first got together I was like fresh from maths it was um you know difficult for him because it's like he didn't sign up to be on a real no. reality TV show, you know, but he's all of a sudden like getting eyes on him and people commenting about us and our relationship and what we're wearing or whatever. Mm. So that definitely is hard. Um, but I mean, it's just one of those things. I think now it will be very different um, relationship wise because my social media is very different now compared to what it was. So, but yeah, yeah, it can definitely be hard, especially for people who did not sign up to be. Yeah. Visible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think, do you think that perhaps it's smart to keep it separate? I definitely think so. I will for sure be doing that because I also don't have the need now to be so showy. Like say if I was to come into a relationship, I don't need to be like, oh, my mystery man this is blah, him. Blah, yeah yeah whereas it's it will will be actually so nice for me to be able to keep something to myself yes um yeah yeah so that that will be nice but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I think you definitely something in do that. need to keep it separate yeah because yeah. you know it's not everybody's cup of tea or appetite right to be on you know have that kind of public profile and in, in that personal yes. domain Yes, exactly. And also like um, I think I felt like I had a lot to prove to be able to like be in a happy relationship, mm, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And that just comes with a lot of like insecurities within myself. Um, whereas now like I don't feel like I need to prove anything right. to anyone. I can yeah. just actually be happy and enjoy yeah, it. That's right. I don't have to show that I'm happy. Yeah, fair enough. I know I totally hear where you're coming from. You know, you've demonstrated a lot of courage, I think, to share a lot of the challenges and the trials that you've gone through. And I think, I mean, it sounds like, you know, from the birth of, of the baby with your postnatal depression and that conversation seems to still be sort of ruminating. Um, that's not an easy phase. I remember myself, you know, having a small window of that. Um, I don't know how long yours lasted for. Did you have it for a while? 
Honestly, it's hard to say. I feel like I've only feel, I have felt like myself this year. Yeah. And my daughter's four in November. Yeah. So it's a long haul. I think, I think honestly, it just takes a very long time for your body to just, uh, yeah. And I was probably dealing with stuff before I could mm. diagnose it as postnatal or whatever, you know, mm. there was probably a lot going on. I just wasn't, um, conscious enough or in my body mm. enough to really like realize yeah yeah I mean it's not yeah. a, it's not a nice feeling it's uh it's no. horrible when you you mm. know you feel so I remember putting on a shower cap and my my baby was screaming and I just put a shower cap on and sit under the shower and just listened to the water thunder on the shower cap like anything to kind of block out the <laughs> screaming it was just yeah. like I just didn't even want to get out you know and you just don't feel like yourself. Like no. there were times where actually like I remember looking at my dad and I was like, I feel crazy. Like mm. I actually feel crazy. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's not talked about enough. And I feel like women, um, you know, you can't, you're, it's so easy to just shoo it off and just say, oh, That's right. it's the lack of sleep. It's, <laughs> you're a new mom. You're going to be tired. Of course you're going to be tired. Yes. But it, it's. It's not even, you know, the thoughts that go through your brain about yourself, about mm. your life. Um, it need, you, women need to feel like they have a right to be able to share and talk about it without them being a no nuisance, judgment, you know? and, and no judgment, yes. right? Because you go from yeah. this elation point to then feeling, I think, very inhibited and trapped and mm-hmm. all of a sudden life just gets very one-dimensional, where mm. it is just this very, I mean, it's not a nice way of phrasing it, but I'm going to go there anyway. It's this kind of tedious routine of sleep, okay. feed, you know, awake time, which is a rather tedious frame of things, and then back to sleep and feed. It's a very, if you've been a working woman and you've had freedoms, that is a very, mm. very difficult, monotonous life. And the mums, the women who gave birth through COVID have like, uh, yeah, like not being able to see family, not yeah. being able to go for walks, not being able to go to your gym True. or do a yoga class, mm. just not even being able to get out of your house. Like that is the one thing that can help you feel normal. And That's that right. was kind of taken away from the mums through um, that COVID time. Mm. So there would be a lot of women who are still quite traumatized. And even the fact like once life got back to normal again, how the the worry and the stress that new mums have from their kids getting sick full stop, but then also to even reemerge from that cave yes. to go out into life again. I remember like it took me so long to even take my daughter to the shops by myself because I was terrified uh-huh. about just going I didn't know like what would she what would I do if she cried in public um yeah like I was just it was almost like social anxiety yeah like I was really yeah. nervous yeah um so that was just a new level of <laughs> stress you know on top of being a new mom and stuff as well and I'm sure it's it's different for everyone but I think um yeah the the COVID moms who had to sit indoors not fun. Mm. And I mean, in some states, it was a lot worse, right? I'm thinking about Vict- oh, yeah. Victoria. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was like yes. on a whole level. I mean, that was crazy what Victoria yeah. went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, since mm. New South Wales got off a lot lighter compared to Victoria. Yeah. 
absolutely and you know and on top of that people's businesses were crumbling it was just it was a bad time for a lot of people and I saw a lot of mums um I know a lot of women who um were there in that time as well and watch what they've gone through and how they're I feel like people are only slowly emerging again now and it's just like you're in this cocoon and finally I'm starting to see butterflies show yeah. their beautiful wings and feel like themselves again mm. but it took a while for sure oh yeah and I think you know New Zealand was very locked down a bit like Victoria and there's been a lot of talk among medical professionals about the mental health ramifications for teenagers so a mm-hmm. lot of our teenagers here are still suffering, you know, yeah, with mental health issues post-COVID. So yeah. it hasn't really gone away. There's still quite a no. bit of fallout from it. We're paying for it now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's absolutely. Hey, tell me a bit about your book, So em- Empowered Moo. Um, what is conscious parenting, like what does that mean for you? And I'm just interested in what kind of motivated you to put pen to paper because you, you're still obviously a young mum. So conscious parenting. Yeah. So what happened was one day I was just feeling really shit about myself. Mm. Um, And I had my daughter in the back seat and there was this, um, like this song that was on, it was a Vera Blue song. It was called Lady Powers. And it was just about, I don't know, being an awesome chick and knowing your, your worth and stuff like that. And I was like thinking about how shitty I felt in that moment. And I was like, I really hope that Mila never feels like this like I just hope that she knows her worth from a young age and that's gonna make me emotional but it's okay yeah just yeah just just knowing that like yeah I I know the struggles I went through growing up and not really ever thinking that I was good enough and yeah just to like be at that point where I was that day I was like I never want her to feel like Mm. that ever so I was like how cute would it be to just have like a little book that had her face on it, it had her name. And um, the idea for the first one was for it to be a little affirmation book and just, yeah, I was like, how nice for her to learn at a young age. Like I am Mm. beautiful. I am kind because I never had a book like that Mm. when I was little. Um, And me as an adult, affirmations is a big part of my life now. So I was like, how cool if she could learn that at a young age so I got a sample made up and stuff and it was like her favorite book when she was like one and going on to two and she would you know point at the photo uh, the illustrations and she'd say like I am beautiful I am strong I'm special so now she knows the book like cover to cover and she screams at herself in the in the mirror every morning I am beautiful I'm strong I'm worthy um I never like I don't even say I barely say that to myself now. I have to make a conscious effort to say those words to myself, you know? Yeah. Um But that's normal. The next one, that's normal. Yes. I mean, as adults, we're just on a negative cyclic. Our brains are just I, so negatively it, hardwired, right? <laughs> exactly. But for her, you know, there it's I think it's about from them being born to being seven, that's like the most crucial years of their development and what they you know, what they can learn and the way they think about the world and themselves in that time really shapes them into the human that they become. So mm. I'm like, I want to make sure that she knows these things at a young age. Um, and then the second book is called Mindful Moon. It's all about mindfulness, all about being mindful um, of her emotions, of her feelings, how it feels in her body, um, having 
you know, self-awareness, being mindful with how she treats other people, that other people don't look all the same, but they're all worthy and mm. they're all equal. Just little things like that with mm. beautiful illustrations. So, you know, it's one of those. And when she feels overwhelmed, like that she can be mindful to like slow down her breathing and things that make her feel better when she's you know in her field yes so um yeah I just really wanted to create a nice little series of holistic kids books that can go a little bit deeper and get kids more in their body and more um aware of self and of their thoughts um yeah and the new one uh, I've got a new one coming out actually oh, that's just so in exciting. time for Christmas yeah. which is um which is so on trend for me it's called the love within Moo. oh and it's about Moo. so as it, as the as she gets older the books are for older age groups. okay so this one is more a story so is mindful Moo kind of um but yeah the love within Moo is about a little girl who um just has no idea where her love is and she's looking in her wardrobe she looks in her toy box she asks all the kids at the playgrounds like if they might have her love and she gets really worried that she'll never find you know this mm. big beautiful love that she dreamt about in her dream mm. and then she realized one day when she was walking past a mirror that there was the love all within her and she knew that she wouldn't well she never thought she 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 knew she didn't have to worry again because she always knew where to look um within herself if she ever felt like she lost her love yeah so and I was yeah. like oh God, like that's just that's classic. because that's where I'm in in my life now like I don't yeah. need validation from people I don't need a new car or new clothes yes. it's you know it's within myself and making sure that my in a world that's is peaceful right. and happy and yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah, you don't need that new shirt. You don't need to fill up that wardrobe anymore. No. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's a great <laughs> it's a great narrative. So you wrote this book. When did you finish writing it? Um, well the first one was in the depths of COVID. So I think that was like 2020 and I self-published. Mm. I self-published the first two. Mm. <laughs> Um, and then Booktopia books. Sorry, my dog's in the background. Ah, Bassie. Sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah, so then Booktopia um, was pretty impressed with them and they've taken the books oh. on. So I'm now an author for Booktopia, which is great. That's it means great. I don't have to self pack it all myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, we will, where will these be sold? They are sold exclusively through Booktopia. Booktopia. And Booktopia yeah. ships. Um, all around the world so, amazing yeah. so just run that title by me again so I've got three books the yeah third the, the one third is one the, yeah oh the third one is the love within move okay the love within Moo. yes the love within Moo. and coming out just before Christmas yes yeah, so it will be available for pre-orders in the next couple of weeks oh, yeah that's awesome and with readership age probably I'd say around like two and a half to four it's a beautiful story so yeah. even if you know you're reading it to your children you can read it to them like yeah. when they're babies um but my daughter she is three going on four and she loves it oh that's it's so cool well done that's that's a really really nice like neat achievement we'd like to take a short break to thank nature bee who are powering this season of AdSource. You can find out more about health and wellness from the hive by visiting www.naturebee.com. If you're enjoying this episode, please make sure to like, review, and follow at source.
Uh, so I was just going to move on now to talk about holistic living because this is something that you're obviously mm-hmm. very impassioned by. Um, I'm just interested in what this means and looks like to you because it's a really interesting topic. You know, everybody's got their own take on holistic living, you know, it's in the wellness space. And I'm just interested in what inspired, I guess, the importance of it and the fit for you personally. Yeah. Um, so I think obviously with the decline in my mental health yeah. after um, my no daughter, COVID, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, the way I look at holistic living is, you know, living in a healthy manner for your whole body. So mm. for your mind, for your body, for your soul, making sure that you're eating foods um, that can assist in your well-being, beautiful mm. whole foods, colorful foods, um, but also like enjoying a good donut or some nice yeah. chocolate. Like it's just just not putting the pressure on yourself to eat clean in, you know, quote, but um. But to eat for you, to eat because you want a healthy mind, body and soul. So to be really mindful of the foods that you eat because you want to have the best quality of life that you can have. Um, Making sure you're moving your body in a way that feels right for you. Mm. You know, if you're Mm. not going to a CrossFit class and smashing yourself seven days a week because you need to look good in a bikini, but, you know, dancing one day if you just need to move energy through Mm. your body or going to yoga the next day or doing a really strong strength training session making Mm. sure that you're really making these decisions based on your body and Mm. based on um how you feel Mm. not for any other reason you know yeah what do you Um, do I'm just curious like what do you do how do you like to move I so I was actually a PT for 10 years Ah. um and I did like high intensity interval training and that was like my thing weights jump squats like all that kind of stuff but since Probably in the last year, I've just really slowed it down. So I have a sauna at home and a part of my routine is like getting in the sauna of the morning or at night. I love yoga, just like moving my body. Some days like I'll literally just do breath work and maybe like a dance, mm, you know, yeah. just just making sure I move my body. And it's funny, like I actually feel better in my body now at this age than I have before mm. because it's it's like I said it's a, a, a holistic thing I'm looking after my better my body better looking after my mind better mm. like I'm choosing to eat certain things and not eat other things mm. because I know that it'll either make me feel shitty or make me feel amazing and then you don't have to work as hard like you know, running for miles or whatever but I change it up all the time so yes. I'll do some an interval session one day I'll go for a walk the next day I'll do yoga yeah I can do Pilates I don't kind of make myself fit into a specific box I kind of just do and listen to my body yes yeah the days go oh that's really interesting I didn't realize you had a background in exercise like that yeah yeah I actually used to be um like a bikini model Ah. back in the day like fitness Mm. modeling and stuff Mm. so that was pretty hectic with competitions Mm. and stuff like that and I would do really hectic diets and my um relationship with food and my body was like very very bad so now I just really try and honor myself as much Mm. as I can because I really put myself through a lot back in those days yeah so yeah I hear you yeah yeah (laughs) well it sounds like you've got you know what I'm hearing here is a really nice balance coming through 
And, you know, that's the first time. This is the first time I've ever really been in balance in my mm. life. I feel like I've very much been in my masculine my whole life. And this mm. is the first time in my life where I've given myself permission to like go slow and nourish yeah. and yeah. just kind of rebuild me. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace those wrinkles. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? The happier you get, um, like the happier you, you get, the better you look. I feel like yeah. I've actually been asked a lot lately, like, oh, have you had like Botox or have you like have you? We well, haven't got any wrinkles. It was just a euphemism <laughs> for aging and wisdom. I'm like trying to look. In <laughs> There's the no wrinkles there, I'm... girl. It was just a <laughs> little <laughs> euphemism. <laughs> well, I feel I actually did an episode on my podcast. I think it was like last week that it came out, and it was just talking about magnetism and radiance. Yes, and how we've been sold lies, like you know, radiance doesn't come from Botox, doesn't come from mm, supplements, it doesn't mm. come from all of those things. It comes from, you know, a regulated nervous system, a mm. woman who's sure of and backing herself and, you know, really grounded in her body. And it's so true. You know, you see some women and you look at them and you go, oh my God, you are an angel, like just an absolute angel on earth. And you just go, what, who is she? Why yeah. is she so radiant? What's yeah. that? And you know, she's probably never taken or never had Botox in her life, but she's just looking after her mind, that's her right. body and her soul, and, it sh and you can see it, yeah. you know? That's right. Yeah, you can. I mean, they're few and far between, but you can see them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and when you find one of those people, you hold them down and you tell them, you get them to tell you get everything. Get the lock yes. on. That's right. Yes. That's right. Oh, that's right. Um, do, do you think that showing up in the world authentically is linked to our well-being? Um, I'm sort of just keen to discuss that one a little bit more with you and I think we sort of just touched on that that when you see someone that's a little bit different um there's a link somehow to well-being so mm -hmm. yeah I think there's something about authenticity and well-being yeah yeah well I mean uh, if I guess showing up for someone to be fully yeah for someone to be fully authentic you have to be pretty self-aware right mm. um and, like, to be authentic, it means that you can really look at yourself, like, the best parts of yourself and the worst parts of yourself. Mm. And someone who has that knowledge of oneself, um, like, that's pretty powerful because then it means you can, I, I, I mean, like, if you can see where your shadows are and where you don't operate at your yes. best and you can see your flaws um it's amazing because it means you can work on you know the things that you aren't so proud of or the habits that you have that aren't you all well, that might be pretty toxic or whatever so I guess with vulnerability comes that self-awareness and with that comes kind of radiant I guess because usually those self-aware people are pretty like upfront and honest about mm. who they are mm. Um, and have that confidence because they know who they are, I guess. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if I'm if I'm on the right track. No, no, here. I think you I'm, are. I was just, just thinking I'm did completely off. <laughs> I think I think you are. As you were talking, I was thinking about how some of us uh aren't really capable of kind of showing up like or growing because sometimes in a partnership you need that other person, for example, to say, Hey, you're in the shadows on this because some, mm -hmm. sometimes you don't see it yourself. No. And it's, it, it's and when, actually, it takes. Yeah. When you're on your own, I was just going to say when you're on your own, you don't often own up or 
do that growing because there's no one challenging you with the mirror, right? You don't need to have those edges taken off because you're not getting anyone's way when you're on your own. Yeah. Well, it takes, it takes a lot of courage to be in a relationship and to be in the middle of fight with a fight with someone and for you to have that, um, that kind of, um, what's the word realization that like, Oh, actually this is my shadow playing out. If I could surrender a little bit more and give you a bit more grace, maybe this wouldn't be such an argument. It takes a, it takes a big person to be able to acknowledge where they're falling short, I think, mm. a little bit. And it just, it comes with that self-inquiry. It comes with that diving in a little bit deeper into who you are. And I think like journaling for me has been a massive way mm. for me to really understand who I am, mm. what triggers me, why I feel certain ways when we, if I talk about a certain something or whatever, like just getting to know yourself on a deeper level. Um, and that way, like the more you understand yourself, the more vulnerable you can be with other people, especially even going into like friendships or relationships or anything you can maybe like, if you could even just feel that confident in knowing where your, um, falling shorts are and you can say, Oh, FYI, whenever we talk about this, this just really triggers me. I don't know. Maybe it's a childhood thing, but there's something really sexy about someone who's confident in their vulnerability. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not, no yeah. one's perfect. No, no, no one is perfect. And everyone and your shadows aren't like the worst parts of you either. Like we, we have to have, we're always going to have shadows, but mm. what you need to do is you need to surround yourself with people or be in a relationship with someone who, um, can let you feel safe enough to have your shadows come out and play if they do and understand that like, Hey, I don't know. It's just that vulnerability thing. It's, yeah. I could go very deep into yeah. that. But yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask you a little bit about your journaling. It's actually something that comes up now and then uh, in these in these conversations. And for everybody, it is a little bit different. Is it something that you do every day? Every day. And I have. I started on the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. Okay. And <laughs> I just thought, that I was like, oh, I'm such a numbers person. Two, 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 two. <laughs> Um, and since then my life has completely changed. I fully, um, I fully think that journaling was the start of my breakthrough 100%. And every day, you know, I, there's something that I said the other day, um, whenever I look through my journal, I can see the days where I was just in the depths of it, you know, like I thought I was going to fucking die. It was just the worst day ever. And then, you know, you flick a few pages and you're like, good morning journal, like beautiful day today. This has happened. I got a great big paycheck today or something, you know, and it makes you realize that you're only a few pages away from a good day. Yeah. You know, everything is temporary. The good is temporary and the bad is temporary. And you realize the ebbs and flows of life Uh, and you realize that you take nothing is. Yeah. Yes. And so when you're in the depths of it, it kind of gives me permission to fully feel what I'm feeling Mm. and to just have a bad day because I know um, through lived experience that I will, in fact, survive this day. So it allows me to fully be in my feminine and just deal with whatever the fuck is going on Um, because I know and I've seen it, I've experienced it firsthand. Mm. Um, I have proof that life It's going to get better. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. And it's good too because like you can really start, it's a great way of understanding your habits and your cycles, toxic cycles and great cycles. Um, It's a good way to see like when you're not feeling the best, what things are you doing those days? Who are you hanging out with that doesn't make you feel that way? Do you really hate work that much? How many days have you spoken about how much you hate work or you love work? You really realize the things that bring you bliss and the things that tear you down quickly. Mm. And then, you know, knowledge is power. Knowing that information is so powerful because from there you can redirect your life in mm. the ways that you need to to be able to have like the yeah. best life possible. So it sounds like the journaling's just giving you a ton of insight, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, just on on yourself. Uh that's that's interesting. So um in in terms of um you your podcast, you joined the Healthy Hustlers on an eight part podcast series and covered some really important topics during that time. And one of the episodes you discuss the comparison trap. What's that all about? It's what I was talking about before, um, how I'm very, very conscious about who I follow on social media mm. because you can wake up in the morning, get on your phone, and then straight up it's easy to feel like you're behind. Yes. Um, if you are looking at other people doing more, traveling more on another yeah, holiday. Yeah, like FUD, fear, uncertainty and doubt. That's the FUD That's thing. It. Yeah. Yes. So it's just, you know, making sure that your mindset, you're not coming from a place of lack and you're just yeah. you're training your mind to think, you know, you're not behind, you're fine. I don't need to compare myself to other people. You're not in competition with other people um that's one thing even with the podcast like if I think someone's doing amazing things instead of looking at them being like oh my god she's just bored Porsche like blah 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 I'll be like let's collaborate because I love what you're doing you know it's it's taking the ego out of it um so yeah just instead of competing collaborating instead of coming from lack just be inspired if, yeah. if you want to be on that holiday like don't take it as like you're not doing enough take it as like wow that's so inspirational I'm going to pop that on my vision board you know mm. not because you're jealous mm. but because that is somewhere that you want to be surround yourself with people and be in the places that inspire you and motivate you um yeah because you can't go wrong when you start walking the same way and Oh, well, you, you start walking in ways that, that the people that are inspiring you walk, like you, it's, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. The, the old saying, if you can't beat them, join them. I quite like that one. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Quite a lot. Hey, let's talk about boobies. I can talk about boobies. Uh-huh. I'm I'm entitled yeah. to talk about boobies too. Um, so let's talk about body image and your relationship, you know, what your relationship has been like with us. And, you know, obviously you've come from a background of bikini modeling and, you know, all those fad diets that come with sort of scaling up and scaling down. So you, you had breast implants and then you had them taken out. Did you do that twice? Was it just no, once? Just, just once. once. Oh, yeah. That, that I've only had them out, um, I think, November this year will be two years. Oh, wow. Sorry, that that all happened after um, giving birth, postnatal, yeah. that whole thing. So when I tell you, like, the last few years have been a massive, yeah. massive journey for me, they really have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, and, again, I love myself more now than I ever have. Yeah. Um, even though having big, beautiful bolt how, on How big around, were they? They were quite big. How they big? were um, three... 
I never wore a bra, so I couldn't actually oh. tell you a bra size. Oh, wow. And I perks and having They must have been so city. upright to have not worn a bra. Yeah, they were very, well, I had nothing. I came from nothing. So oh. it was like chucking oh, easy, true. easy. Yes, very yeah. easy. See, I had a whole um, lot, but yeah, they were real. So yeah, I needed like, you know, horse. Support. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so um, but yeah, they would have been a, probably a double D, I'd say. Oh. They were 385 cc, mm. so fabulous, and they were fun. Um, but they made me sick. So oh. anything at that point that I could do to help with my mental health and my physical health, it was like a no brainer. Obviously, it was really scary to be like, oh my god, who am I without these boobs? Uh. But you know, I realized my health. And my well-being comes before. Oh, my absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. But when so. you say they made you sick, was it was that particular implant? Did they have a recall on those or? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I had them checked out. But oh. my body actually had formed um, capsules around both of them, oh. which is not supposed to happen with the particular implant that yeah. I had. But my body was like, oh, get them out of me, yeah. and I could tell. Like, not only did I have pain and discomfort with my breasts, my whole the whole time I had them anyway. Um, they just started to look really funny after giving birth and breastfeeding, but I had like a lot of autoimmune issues mm. that I could never put my finger on. I had always been really healthy and lots of energy and yeah, there was just, I, I could go through a list of yeah. different symptoms that I had that I could not ever put my finger on. Um, so yeah, once they came out, honestly, mm. it was just like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I had my first deep breath I had had in like 12 years too, because they were so heavy on my chest. I, I know. couldn't really breathe properly. I believe you. I know. And I, I mean, yeah. I don't know how you went for your long runs. I didn't run. That oh. was the best excuse. I couldn't, I couldn't do push-ups. I, I know. Run, burpees. Forget burpees. I mean, just, Yeah. yeah. And I just say all the time, oh, sorry, my boobs. So there were a good excuse not to do things yeah. that I didn't want to do. But, um, yeah. but yeah, they did. They were painful. Do you, do you think in hindsight that it was good getting them in or do you think you – what do you think? Um, look, I'm not going to lie. They definitely served a purpose for the phase of life that I was <laughs> yeah. in, you know, to be a bikini model and a yeah. magazine model and all that stuff. I did love them. Mm. But, you know, my why as to why I got them put in was purely vanity, ego. Yeah, what's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> breast implants are great for are great for people who have a really solid why. Mm. Um, and I think anyone that wants to go in and get uh, implants, just you need to make sure that you're making a really informed decision. Back then, we didn't have the yeah. answers. We didn't know what it could do to your body. You had yeah. no idea that it could interrupt, you know, what it could actually do. Mm. Um, so I didn't have an informed decision yes, there. Yes. It was purely because I just they didn't great. quite know. And, and it looks great. You just great. signed a waiver yeah. and yeah, now, right. it's only now like years down the track that they're like, oh, okay, they can see these women. There's lots of studies being done. Breast implant illness is still not even a proper diagnosed, mm. a diagnosable mm. thing, but many women have got lots of issues. So you just need to make sure um, that you're making the right decision for you. And yeah, I'm definitely not against them. No. You must have felt like a heap lighter though, like just quite a different person. Literally. (laughs) I think I lost, I instantly lost like three kilos. (laughs) Yeah, you would have, you would have. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So um, I believe you're coming out to NZ um, on the 23rd of November and you're part of the Geelong Women's Business Club. What's it all about and why is it important to you? 
because I can see so that you're wonderful. speaking. Yeah. Yeah, they're wonderful. They do. I've been a speaker at one of the Geelong Women's in Business events here. Well, not here. Sorry, I'm in Brisbane, but in Melbourne last year. And that was amazing. Um, Marin, the owner, she just brings people together, puts on beautiful events. And they're always just great. Um, It's always like very empowering for women. There's always great speakers. So I feel very honoured to be the keynote speaker. There, um, they also have partnered up with my old business, uh, We Love Brunch Co, which is a events business here in Brisbane that I actually sold at the beginning of the year. Mm. Um, and I'll be speaking here next month with them as well. So yeah, my throat chakra is on fire at the moment. I feel like I'm speaking yeah. here there, and everywhere, which is really fun. So it's about, I had a quick look. It looked like you're sort of empowering women to be the best versions of themselves, right? Yeah, you know, honestly, talking about this stuff, like mm. what we what we want to talk about, being vulnerable, opening up, just being able to feel confident in your own skin um, and speaking your truth, yeah. Yeah, and is this your first trip out to New Zealand? No, I went last year with uh, the family. We went to Queenstown oh, and awesome. did um, snowboarding and all that stuff. It's just stunning. So I'm really excited. This oh. is my first time in Auckland. Okay. Um, so I'm going to stay for a little bit and – do a, do a little solo. Oh, that's awesome. Really? Oh, that's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, while oh. I'm there, I may as well. So oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, that's just going to be brilliant. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. maybe I'll come along to that and, and have a listen, oh, eh? Can, can you please? Yeah. And then we can go and have a wine. Yeah, up. why don't we do okay. that? I'll get my um, <laughs> I'll get my people to talk to your people. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, to round off today's chat, hey, let's just let me ask you one more question before I let you nip away. Sure. And, and this is just, and this is not about wrinkles or a million bucks if you could be 25 again. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? And you already are young, just for the record. So you're very young, <laughs> your very younger self. What would Can it be? Can you say that again? <laughs> your Thanks. very younger um, self. You're already thank young. You. Um, oh, I don't feel it. Today it's kicked my butt already and it's only <laughs> midday. But um, I would say, you know, I am already enough. I'm already enough. I don't have to shape shift into anything else to be palatable for anyone else. And that's something that I, I'm kind of looking at my daughter and parenting her the way, not that my parents didn't do a good job, but the way that I think kids need to be thinking this day and age with everything Mm -hmm. that's going on in the world. Um, And for her, like I'm terrified for her going to high school Mm -hmm. and doing that whole thing because the last thing I want her to be doing is falling into that comparison trap like we were talking mm. about before. Mm. So just, um, you know, where I'm already enough and what I want to do, like I don't have to be trying to please anyone else but myself and as long as I can wake up and be happy with myself in the morning, that's all that matters. And anything that comes from that, you know, is a bonus, but I am already whole, I am already perfect as it is yeah that's lovely well I can tell you you just you just do one day at a time because I've already got one right now in high school so I'm I'm in the trenches and you just do one day at a time you you don't you don't worry too much about all right about all the stuff that's in front of you I'll be calling you um, in a few years' time, begging for help. Yeah, so, yeah you, can, awesome. you can chew my ear out. Yeah, well, it's yeah. been it's been um, it's been amazing chatting with you. I'll uh, you too. I'll have to like try and get a ticket, won't I? And we'll see if we can catch up when you're in Auckland in November. Oh, it's happening. Are you in Auckland? Yeah, now? yeah. 
I'm, I'm based well, in I'm based in Auckland. I think I'll be here. Well, it's a no-brainer. We got it. It's we've a no-brainer. It. And um, listen, it's just been just fantastic chatting, and um, we've learnt some really interesting insights about who you are. And I can see you're on a, an amazing journey of self-discovery Thank at you. the moment. And it's awesome that you're coming out like this. <laughs> Oh, thank you yeah, so much. I'm going to tune into your sassy lot. podcasts too. They look, I love all Come those quick cuts with the music and it's all pumping. And I'm like, I've got no music there, Andrew. I'm looking at him through the window. No music, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> I need you some know, bass and drums. It's funny. The the people that edit my um, like reels and stuff, Yeah, the, the poor guy that does it, because one, like one week... I'm talking about aliens. The next oh, week I'm and talking sex about vagina. What's sex dreams? sex dreams? Before you lock off, what's sex dreams? <laughs> I mean, do I really have to go into detail about yeah, that? Yeah, shit, yeah. No, I want to know. There was one, it was just more like, you know how you have a sex dream or like an intimate dream about someone that you've never met, like a random uh, celebrity? No, but carry on, carry on. What kind of dream <laughs> are you having then? A bloody boring ones, clearly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I have um I don't know what it is. It's probably my lack of sex at the moment. But lately I've been having um lots of dreams just about really famous people. So then I'll wake oh. up and be like, Oh my god, do I have a thing for Russell Crowe now? Oh, and then, well, then I'll go and watch a Russell Crowe. He's movie pretty cute. And I'm being like, he is pretty, pretty cute, cute, but there has been some, there's been some um questionable people that have popped up in my dreams. But okay. then it just kind of, I don't know, it kind of trips my tricks myself self no, what's it called? Subconscious. Yeah, subconscious. yeah. Into thinking that like I've had a past relationship with this person. Do, are we in have an entanglement now? Ah. Um, so it's just been very interesting. Oh, My well. dreams are just yeah. One thing with me is you will never get bored. There's okay. Always well, you can park that. Up. Park that yes. for for November, and we will we will yes. carry on off mic. Yeah. There's All right. Always something to talk about. Over Excellent. Here. Don't you worry. Okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. Well, we better over and out before we uh, we get censored. Um, thanks yeah, very much. Perfect. Until next Thank time. Thank you so much. It's been beautiful. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and joining our conversation. And stay tuned for more episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Check out the show notes if you'd like to contact this episode's interviewee. The advice shared in this podcast exists purely for information purposes and should not be relied upon to make a health and wellness decision. We recommend you seek professional assistance from certified doctors for your personal health and well-being. AtSource does not accept any liability for the results of any actions taken or not taken upon the basis of information in this podcast or for any errors or omissions.